Extreme Rules, Kofi's the champion, Ian Woods is too, and it's Blake doing the damn thing, WWE. Last night in Philly, Extreme Rules, great show. Overall, I think uh, the reception was well received from everyone. There was some people that weren't feeling it, but I think the uh, the the main uh, focal point for me was just seeing how everyone was going to take it. And from what I've saw, uh, it's been a lot of, you know, seven and a half out of tens. I personally would give the show, uh, I don't even want to put a number on it just because I know that these guys are, uh, clearly can do better but it's not necessarily it's more one it's one of those uh transitional shows leading into SummerSlam. so there was a lot of seeds planted and a lot of stuff that uh could have been potentially set up for uh the coolest party of the summer uh coming up next month on august 11th so can't wait for that but we opened up the kickoff show with an impromptu intercontinental championship match between uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Finn Balor. We're going to try to move a little faster through this one. I don't have uh, too much time to call it out, you know, with detail for detail. But either way, uh, we saw Finn and Shinsuke go at it on SmackDown. We saw uh, Shinsuke, it was, I don't want to say it was a squash match, but we saw Shinsuke really rough, uh, kind of just beating up on Finn. And uh, this is pretty much what happened at, during the kickoff. You know, Finn got a little bit more offense in this time around, just to make it look good. But ultimately, Shinsuke pick, picked up the victory. Keen shots to the back of the head. He's a little fatigued, but then he picked up the uh, one from the front and uh, got the one, two, three. New IC champion. I think Shinsuke looks uh, revitalized. He hasn't been on TV for a while. He looks hungry when he's out there. His backstage English is much better. I don't know how it would translate in the ring per se, but I think that he's, uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again, he's definitely uh, a special type of uh, in-ring performer. So uh, not to take away anything from Finn at all, but I think one of the, it was just a good move to uh, put the championship on Shinsuke. A lot of people were clamoring for this giant reunion with the club, with uh, Finn joining up with AJ and uh, Gallows and Anderson, but uh, remains to be seen. I think, personally, it would be a... I think it would be very... I think it would be wise, just with uh, all of the quote-unquote competition uh, all around. It would just, you know, forming the club and having some more stables. I think I've even talked about this before, but having some more stables would be really, uh, it would just be beneficial, you know, in the long run. And I mean, actual stables that stick together with uh, so much stuff going on. And, you know, even NXT having some uh, really, uh, you know, solidified stables and such like that. It's just an idea that I think would be really, really, really good. But um, either way, remains to be seen. Shinsuke is no Intercontinental Champion also. Next matchup in the kickoff show was uh, the Cruiserweight Championship match between Tony Nese and Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak didn't replace the nameplates on the Cruiserweight Championship because Tony Nese uh, literally claimed that you know, he never got pinned, which was a fact. And uh, since uh, Drew Gulak picked up the victory uh, over Tony, he said that one-on-one. Cool match. 
not a long match, but it was a good match where they both, uh, you know, did as, did everything they could in the time allotted. So, Drew Gulak picked up the victory, finally changed the nameplate. It's going to be very interesting to uh, move forward on 205 Live just to see how, uh, you know, the uh, age of Gulak, I guess, uh, you know, is displayed and showcased. So, I'm happy with that. Uh, so, oh no, good kickoff. I like the panel. They did their thing. Uh, both matches were cool. A lot of people were coming in. All right, that's what I want to talk about. People are upset that the Intercontinental Championship and how uh, long and prestigious the reign is. You know, it's like, why is this now on the kickoff show? Or why is it on the pre-show? I would say, you know, from... Uh, uh, let's just say it like this. I know that WWE gave us the Intercontinental Championship, you know? Like, as, like it was WWE, then came the Intercontinental Championship. Now, I could be wrong. I mean, no, it goes a lot of rich history, and I don't want to talk down on it at all. But if WWE decides to put the Intercontinental Championship on the kickoff show, I think it's more so to say, look, the kickoff show, anything can happen still. And we definitely got a big title change. Also, people have complained about how long things take and how many matches there are and stuff like that. So, hey, there were impromptu international championship match on the kickoff show. And in a way, it could be, uh, you know, a soft reset on the international championship in itself. And it starts off on the kickoff show. And now we could start having some very... Uh, interesting or compelling storylines regarding you know just how the championship is defended who's going after it you know Shinsuke is totally a character that could uh, make the Intercontinental Championship prestigious again is Finn going to continue to chase after it is he moving on to bigger and better things the same way Samoa Joe did recently uh, who knows we will find out though so oh no like I said I like the kickoff show Moving on into the main show now, we opened up with uh, Drew McIntyre and the best in the world. Get Mike Rome some classes because he needs to get that correct. I like the boy. I think Mike Rome is cool. I think he's coming up. He's no Greg Hamilton, but I think that uh, he's... You know, he, he's fitting into his role well. Uh, the fact that he's still out there announcing matches and stuff like that and, you know, calling things out, I think he's uh, he's got all the potential in the world, you know, and he's doing what he can. But, you know, uh, one of the big things is throwing everybody in the deep end of the pool. So you're going up against Greg Hamilton. You know, as far as that goes, just the entrance, as far as everybody else's ring entrances and stuff like that go, he does fine. But, um, whatever. Uh, so Drew McIntyre and the best in the world, Shane McMahon, uh, go at it against Roman Reigns and The Undertaker, the graveyard dogs, the graveyard hounds of the night. What are they called? <laughs> uh, something. But no, I think it's the graveyard dogs. And we all know that Undertaker wanted to come back and get that bad taste out of his mouth from his matchup at, uh, Super Showdown, a.k.a. Saudi Mania 3. Uh, man, look. I, you're fighting in 100-degree weather, it feels like. 
the, your opponent just banged his head on the door and concussed himself. And he almost dropped you on your head. How much do you think you're going to get out of that match? Taker was pissed off about it. It even could date back to Super Showdown in Australia. They were, the fans were not the most happy with Undertaker's performance there with Kane when they took on DX. So this time around, going into the match, everyone was, uh, in my opinion, uh, was looking at Taker like, all right, you, we all know you could do it, and we know you want to do it, so we're going to be behind you while you put in your attempt to look great. The dead man did not disappoint. He looked like he was, uh, you know, looked like it was just a couple years ago. You know, like I wouldn't say he looked as young as he ever did, you know, but he definitely went out there and showed that he still has it. He impressed, well, I wouldn't say he impressed me because I knew he was capable of doing it the whole time. It was just, you know, turn up. It was a better building. It was a better atmosphere. It was uh, people that is top level people that he was working with. Not to say anything about Goldberg or anything like that, but there was such, there was so much pressure on that match all the way across the planet, you know, but now we're, we're back in the States, and it, the match went well, good spots, uh, nobody looked bad here, you know, uh, him and Roman at the end of the match, when, after they won, uh, shared a very cool to passing of the torch moment, you know, you saw a real quick, real quick nod, uh, take pat him on his shoulder, and I don't, I can't, I couldn't tell what he mouthed to him, but in my head it was, look, man, now it's your yard, you know, because we all know that, uh, you know, everybody can't do this forever. You want to see him do it forever, but at the same time, we, we know that as you get older, you know, your body does start to shift. So, um, you know, all in all, Undertaker did great. I'm very happy that, you know, he was able to have this sort of impression, like, if he retired now, I'm fine with it, but I don't think the dead man is going anywhere for a little while, I think it, it, he'll continue to come back as he pleases, and, um, you know, we just uh, anxiously await the next one, so, uh, well, excuse me, the next one, the uh, next one, whatever, but yeah, all in all, good stuff from all four gentlemen, uh, Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens, I guess, is next up on the card when it comes to the Shane McMahon show but um I, I think that the way WWE is playing off of all everyone complaining about Shane on TV and uh having Kevin Owens in this uh this pipe bomb character it's uh it's very good and I've said it before I say it again you're working with a McMahon McMahon's working with you that means you're seen as top talent in the company and there is no denying the fact that Kevin Owens is one of the best in the company if not arguably the best on the microphone as far as a single competitor goes or singles competitor goes so um yeah that was it was good stuff from all four sides I really enjoyed it and um what was the next match came up let's get on into the card man let's ride World Tag Championships was on the line next with uh, the Usos taking on the Revival. Good match, good tag match. The Revival, I think I've heard it a couple of times, and you can see it yourself. These guys don't necessarily cheat. Uh, 
to win. They're just so good at the fundamentals in the ring that they know exactly what to do at the right times to put themselves ahead. Took on the Usos. The Usos was definitely looking for, uh, what is it, the seven-time, eight-time uh, tag team championship reign. Weren't able to pick it out. Weren't able to get that here. And uh, the revival pick up the victory, but I think that it, well, some people have been clamoring for this rivalry between these two teams for the longest amount of time. I, I, I mean, I'm indifferent toward it only because I know the tag team division is still revamping itself. So while other things have been taking place, we're just building up other tag teams and TV time and such like that. The revival and the Usos have. You know, just been sitting on the back burner like, yep, we know these guys are going to perform and deliver when the time presents itself. And that's exactly what they did. So many great spots from the revival. The Usos uh, literally just kept up with them and played into it the whole time. So it was just a good match. Like I said, end up the revival retaining. So the Usos, they're not going anywhere. You know, I think that these guys are literally solidified. Everyone that any time they talk about says they're one of the best tag teams on the planet right now. I agree with that. The Revival, definitely a tag team that is much respected from this side. Uh, Scott Dawson, Scott uh, Dash Wilder, they, they, they know what they're doing, you know. And to be in there with a team like the Usos, you know, I think now it's just uh, getting some entertaining promos from these guys. The Usos got that part. We just need to see uh, the revival not being made to look like uh, complete buffoons. But that part isn't up to me. I have nothing to do or uh, really to say about uh, their contract status or stuff like that. We'll just have to see uh, what decision these guys make as time goes along. But they definitely are showing that they are of value. So, they retained the World Tag Team Championships. And I believe the next match was uh, uh, Alistair Black taking on Cesaro. And uh, because Cesaro was the one that was uh, clearly trying to pick a fight with Cesaro. She played a hilarious game of uh, Ding Dong Ditch, dashing away from his door. You know, and uh, just trolling him in so many tenses. It was funny uh, just to see Cesaro come through. We're all happy about it. I know I'm happy about it. I enjoy seeing Cesaro get in there and uh, do his thing. And everybody's been waiting for Alistair Black to come on back in the ring and, you know, officially have his true debut. So, you know, Cesaro in this, in this time around could afford the loss. Alistair Black, been being, he's been built up for so long. You know, in his backstage segments, and uh, finally got to see him in the ring. These guys didn't disappoint. Did they think they came with? They they came with everything. You know, they had a good match. The gut wrench move was a good spot. Uh, but we all know, highlight of the match was that a uh, black mask, that spinning kick, man. What's that bottle top challenge going on right now on the internet? I would like to see Alistair Black try his hand at that because he is so accurate with those kicks he'll pinpoint a spot and that's where his foot is landing and wait, wait where'd cesaro go you know i'm just saying after that kick because it was he just faded the black but no like really good stuff 
who knows who Alistair Black is going to face off against next. Maybe it'll be Cesaro again. Maybe not. Maybe Cesaro just continues on this tour of taking on certain superstars. Like, he's uh, going against, uh, what is that? He's beating up No Way Jose. He's had a good showing against uh, Alistair Black. So who's next? We'll, we'll just find out. But all in all, good win for Alistair here. Cesaro does not look like a loser at all. But we don't want to see him just get slotted as someone who loses a bunch of matches. So maybe he beats up, you know, talent that are obviously below him. But then when you get to the high-ranking talent, uh, you know, he might not pick up a victory. I don't know. I guess I don't book this stuff. But uh, oh no, a good match from both, and I'm glad that they both were showcased like that. Bailey taking on Alexa Bliss. And Nikki Cross in that 2-1-1 handicap match. Backstage segment was pretty good this time around. Had um, R-Truth searching around for Drake Maverick in the 24-7 championship. Uh, there's Lane. Uh, I'm, I'm planning to stay in as far as the 27 championship goes. I don't really have anything bad to say about it. You know, uh, Drake Maverick is the longest reigning. 24-7 champion now, like, whoa, how about that, didn't, didn't think it was on the last that long, as far as, uh, just, you know, like, it didn't even seem like it was that long either, but, hey, Drake Maverick has a hot wife, can't be mad at that, 24-7 champion, you know, he's, uh, clearly watching his back backstage and looking over his shoulder a lot, he seems a little, uh, nervous and paranoid i mean we know that uh truth in a way was paranoid also but i think he was uh more equipped for what was coming with it but he had it in the early going so i think he you know figured out what one would have to do and now he's definitely chasing the 24-7 championship again so we'll see i know that these guys are going on like a little house show run and that's not bad either, I'm, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not mad at it, I'm not really opposed to it, I think it gives these guys something to do, and it's, it's entertaining in its own rights and respects, so, you know, that's good, but these guys searching backstage, throwing up flyers everywhere, looking for Drake Maverick, and put one of the flyers on Alexa Bliss's uh, locker room door, and out comes Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, basically getting ready for the match. And they go to the Street Profits. Uh, this time around, um, again, not giving a number rating, only because I don't want to. Uh, like, we're not looking at averages and stuff like that. I'm just looking at how good these guys are doing on a night. You're as good as your last uh, vignette, your last time on TV. This time around, these guys did excellently i think they were they were not over the top with uh just too much of the you know i don't want to say the uh, the first two times were good but now you can see they're getting that much more comfortable so good stuff to uh what's it angelo dawkins and montez ford i think the name is c so yeah, the name they're becoming regulars on TV. I uh, hope uh, get, hope the best for them. Some people are already wanting to see them in a match. Like, oh, they're just doing backstage vignettes. Well, hey, look, anybody they get in TV time and they're maximizing their minutes. That would be my response to any 
somebody that has like an issue with what they're doing so yeah they went out there they did their thing i hope to see more and you know much better as time goes along and again that's not to say that these guys did a bad job at all i think they did great so it was good stuff in that backstage segment leading into the match they're getting at nikki cross and the co-champion i did it's pretty hilarious but oh no we get to the ring got barely got nikki cross got alexa bliss they going at it handicap match style couple moments where they had barely uh you know low on the ropes but barely was able to pull out the victory with the elbow drop onto nikki cross uh you know, it was just, it was that type of standard match. They, uh, Nikki, or not, pardon me, Bailey seemingly hit her head on the stairs just the way it looked from the camera angle when they pushed her from the apron to the still stairs. Sound that it made, you know, it could have just been Bailey's hand, but it looked like it was her head. So, inside storyline, as far as the ring psychology goes, oh my goodness. But, yeah, uh, Nikki, I mean, excuse me, Bailey picked up the victory. Retains the SmackDown Women's Championship with the elbow drop. This time around, that elbow looked a little, uh, it didn't look as horizontal as I figured it would be, but there was a little bit more of a distance. Like, Nikki was directly in the middle of the ring and barely had to push that jump off. So, uh, you know, she jumped off and the body was a little straighter than what I would have expected it to be. And uh, this isn't even a critique because we all know Bailey could drop a great elbow. So, um, We'll just see how it progresses. I'm not worried about it at all. Uh, but they look great. I'm happy about it. I can't wait to see uh, how this little storyline with the odd couple of Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross continues to develop. I think Alexa Bliss is smart. So she sees everybody trying to, quote, manipulate Nikki into thinking that Alexa Bliss is manipulating her. Like... It's, and so last night, everyone was kind of expecting like a beat down or, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, argument or, uh, you know, no, no, I guess we're going to have the story continue. Bailey goes out looking strong. And again, this was a transitional show. So if there's going to be anything crazy that's going to happen, it's going to happen at the hottest party of the summer, SummerSlam, coming up on August 11th. So uh, with that good women's segment bro Strowman Bobby Lashley in a what is this a false anywhere match no that was where they destroyed each other it was the last man standing match these guys fought all over the arena all over the, the concourse by concessions through these guys I think Bobby Lashley was tossed into one of the uh one of the international announce tables like over it ran slammed into a uh, a commentator oh my goodness good match they fell down into this uh <laughs> this giant black box setup and everyone's calling it the kool-aid man the way braun you know broke out of it it was great good win for braun Bobby Lashley stayed down for 10. Didn't look like he lost at all. I mean, we all knew he did, but it was only one man to, you know, come out of the wreckage when the smoke cleared and the dust settled. So, uh, Braun Strowman picking up the victory there. I'm not mad at that. What's next for both of these guys? I don't know, but um, strong, two of the strongest men in WWE. 
you know, we just call it like that. Braun Strowman picked up the victory. Bobby Lashley definitely looked great after that, uh, you know, false count anyway match. Coming directly back inside the storyline. So it was like, like coming back before Braun. And Braun looked great just coming back now and, you know, doing this thing. So good match to both of them. I'm, I'm pleased with it. I hope that we get to see uh, something new from these superstars moving forward. You heard the title. You heard the opening. We had um, the Triple Threat Tag Team Championship match uh, for the SmackDown Tag Titles. The new Daniel Bryan and Rowan, the Planets Tag Team Champions, took on Heavy Machinery and the New Day. A good match. All three teams, everybody kept up with each other. Uh, I was wondering how the fatigue was going to set in for Otis and Tucker. Tucker did his thing. Otis did his thing. Uh, Dane Bryant ended up eating the pin. Uh, and, I mean, this is just, like, I, I'll say this just because, you know, it was it was a great moment, but we're not going to, you know, try to stay on it for too long. But Daniel Bryan looks like he's enjoying himself, you know, being in character. And I do want him to have victories. His backstage segment afterward with Sarah Schreiber was... Uh, at the very end, you know, it's when he says he knows what he has to do. Me, personally, just watching how this new Daniel Bryan character has been developing throughout the years, I am I am excited to see what he's going to uh, bring to the table. Because I know he's, if he's saying if he's saying he knows what to do, I believe him. So, um, it's going to be very, very cool. Please! Oh my goodness! Yeah, here you're going crazy in the background. You know, pardon my little birdie bee. But um, yeah. So he knows what he has to get into to save the tag team division, and he doesn't want it to be a joke. We're just gonna see how it all plays out. Heavy machinery didn't look weak at all, and I mean, look like I said, I don't want to be on this for too long. It's a it's a privilege for it to happen, and it don't need to be this way. But you know, the new day of the they they're holding the championships right now. I think that that says that WWE has you know faith in them. I believe today, at the time of this recording, right now, if we even gonna talk about it, your boys, the New Day, have been a tag team unit for five years, and I came around uh, slightly in the beginning of it, I remember the vignettes when they were happening, I was just coming back, getting back into sports entertainment, for real, but, um, you know, I, I wanted to get behind them, I watched them, uh, getting, you know, booed at WrestleMania, like, trying to use the clap, I remember when they, man, look, they, they were just not the best, we all know the New Day story, you know, like, they weren't the favorites, it was, they thought it was just a hokey tag team of, you know, preachers and followers that were just uh, going to eventually uh, vanish off into the abyss. But clearly they did it. And, um, you know, not together for five years. I don't want to uh, sit here and, you know, try to get sentimental and emotional about it. If you've been listening for long enough, you know that these guys have been my guys. I've, uh, I feel like I've been uh, with them in some ways. Please pardon me. But uh, in some, you know, some remote, excuse me, some remote sort of way, I've been, you know, uh, rocking and riding with these guys the whole time with the ups and the downs and, 
and, and the ups and the downs. Make <laughs> sure so you subscribe to the channel. But um, I you know I'm just very happy that these guys were able to get it. It was a you know great moment for them to you know recapture the tag team championships for the sixth time. Kofi is uh, having an excellent run that he has earned. You know, and, you know, these guys are, you know, the the pillars of the tag team division and, you know, truly a, a mainstay in the company, you know, hopefully for a very long time to come. We've heard all of the hate, all of the negativity, all of the naysayers trying to just call out every way that they feel about the New Day. But luckily for me, you know, we get to see these guys still doing their thing. And now we get. It was just a. It was just a really cool moment for me to see that these guys are, you know, being, uh, you know, gifted like that. You know, like the, the, it's, it's not just nobody. It's not that no nobody doesn't notice. Pardon the background noise, but everyone sees their greatness and their capabilities. So, congratulations to uh, Kofi E and Woods for their accomplishment last night and for five years and shoot hopefully many more you know i appreciate it and i enjoyed it so all in all good stuff uh new champs great great match let's get on to the next one man baby started hearing me talk about the new day and she started uh you know getting attention when you talk about the new day please here go again see as soon as you hear me say it either way AJ Ricochet went at it next for the United States Championship. AJ flanked by the club. Alice, I mean, excuse me, uh, AJ Styles flanked with the club. Uh, we all hyped to see him back together again. We hyped to see AJ being a badass again. Oh, man. Uh, and Ricochet. Uh, it's weird. I think Ricochet's slowly and surely turning into... One of my favorite WWE superstars. So he's up there. Well, not not quite yet. But he's getting up there with AJ and the New Day and stuff like that. And I mean, I appreciate everybody. But uh, Ricochet, like I said before, totally understands the power of opportunity. And he's been taking full advantage of it. And uh, he didn't pick up the victory last night. AJ has the championship back. Outside of storyline makes all sense in the world. Inside of the storyline, it, it starts that championship chase. You know, uh, Ricochet uh, got an idea of what being champion is like, and uh, now he now that he doesn't have it anymore. He wants it back, and you. Some people are saying these guys will hold him back just because they could potentially have a SummerSlam matchup. I wouldn't disagree with that too much. If these guys are slotted for a SummerSlam match. Without, you know, outside interference like the club or maybe, you know, I don't want to start getting into trying to book it early, but uh, maybe the club get, uh, you know, ejected from ringside because of the shenanigans. Like uh, last night, they were able to notice Carl uh, Anderson, Ricochet been ready to pick up the victory, but uh, AJ's feet under the ropes, calls it out to the ref. Ref notices, oh, yeah, well. We can't finish the pin now, so good stuff. But then they started getting into the cheating, even though it wasn't looking like they were trying to cheat, like they were trying to go by the rules. Another one of those uh, revival-type deals from earlier in the evening, like with uh, Dawson 
playing playing dead on the ropes. That was one of the top spots of the night, in my opinion. And I know it's not really a spot, but it was very, very good stuff. Good ring psychology. It made me laugh. It made the crowd laugh. And it's not the first time that he's just been at that level. And Scott Dawson, he's very, very special. And he plays well off Dash Wilder. But either way, I think the club and uh, the revival might be able to give us a very entertaining tag match as time progresses itself. But either way, um, yeah, Ricochet, the reverse styles clash in the second rope, top five move of the night. I would even say, I would even go as far as to say top three. Very, very good stuff. Uh, perfect uh, as far as execution went. It was like a suplex into the trio wall or something like that. Then he, I don't even remember. It was just a great match from both. Really made me want to see what these guys look like when they're turned up. Ricochet's offense all looks impactful. So shouts to Ricochet for that. Uh, with that, like I said, AJ, new United States champion. We'll see how things progress. Uh, Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler go out in an impromptu match, following up after their, their canceled match on SmackDown Live because of their brawl outside in the parking lot. Man, not a whatever, but let's uh, pay some attention because Dolph Ziggler gets into the ring ready to fight. KO gets into the ring, ready to fight. These guys clearly have a lot of, uh, you know, they just got a beef to each other, legitimate gripes in a way. And uh, if anybody solidified themselves as a face last night, that's right, it was Kevin Owens, and he did excellent work. Got in, quick stunner, one, two, three. I've been saying it since I started seeing it happen. Uh, I was alright with Becky doing the stunner briefly with the pinkies, but this was like, I think before uh, the Charlotte turn, before the man era, but look, if anyone is going to do the Stone Cold Stunner and be well received, it would be the man who is turned on his best friend for good and for bad reasons. The man who has powerbombed uh, look, inside of the rap game, a, uh, who is this rapper in Machine Gun Kelly off of the damn Titan Tron, the man who beat John Cena in his first night on Raw, the second ever Universal Champion, Kevin Owens. I am excited to see him do the stunner. I hope that we uh, really get, to, like, I don't know what type of character we'll get from him. Pipe Bomb Kevin Owens does have that Stone Cold feel to it. No disrespect to the man, but he is not Becky Lynch. So now it's like, you know, Stone Cold's clearly a guy. Like, I think even Becky is behind this man doing the stunner, but all in all, very good stuff. Quick match. So let's get on into the next one. Maybe the story will continue uh, leading into SummerSlam. Maybe not. We'll just see what happens. But um, next up, we had the WWE Championship match. Kofi Kingston taking on Samoa Joe. Good match. Samoa Joe did not look lame at all. Take nothing away from Joe. I think uh, he's a, just a great competitor. You know, I was... I'm not going to sit here and act like Joe couldn't win the championship. Oh, he lost a whole bunch of matches for championships since forever. I don't book this stuff, 
but one thing I can say is that, that, that excuse me, Samoa Joe has the respect of everyone in the WWE universe. And you can hear it with his reception when he comes out. I think that he is to be respected because of you know his in-ring capability and his long-tenured history with uh, sports entertainment in general, with wrestling, or however we gonna call it. So. Um, and Kofi picks up the victory. Let's not downplay it. It was uh, one of those rivalries that were just, uh, I won't say put together at the last minute, but it was definitely a, uh, a quick couple of weeks that they had to build toward it. So it wasn't too, too much that was going to happen. But Joe definitely did his job with getting enough heel heat to make people want to see him either win or lose. And that's what it's all about. Got a reaction from the crowd. <clears throat> throughout the night or throughout the match and especially from when he came out so good stuff to joe great stuff to kofi uh as they're backstage the new day preparing to celebrate the looming presence of paul Heyman uh before they they get their interview with the lovely kayla braxton and gorilla no no out comes Heyman. tells everyone first of all let's just say this i think everybody got a little bit of what they wanted last night Paul Heyman is the innovator of extreme as far as this in-ring competition goes. I was a kid when ECW was out. I wasn't even I couldn't even watch ECW for real because of just how crazy things were getting. But everyone knew about it. Paul Heyman tells everybody that Brock Lesnar will cash in. Or nah. <laughs> but um you know, we hey we uh oh wait that happened after the tag team championship pardon me either way paul Heyman was out there he is philadelphia is he's part of philadelphia you know he was out there for the evolve show which was also awesome i got to see matt riddle get in there and do his thing in the ring not bad got to see tozawa adam cole didn't get to see too much of that match because i had a crying baby but um all in all uh you know with the the, the joys of fatherhood aside uh, Paul Heyman definitely came out and did his thing, teased Brock Lesnar coming out and cashing in later on, and, uh, hey, it was good, it was good stuff, so, um, yeah, Kofi beat Joe, and then we get into the winner-take-all, uh, tag team match between Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, excuse me, Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans, it was it the man and the man's man taking on a lady and the ladies man, great, because Baron Corbin is apparently popular out there in the uh, Asian territories or the Oriental territories, however it works, good stuff, good match, very proud of Lacey, Lacey went in there and did her damn thing, we already know Corbin could do his thing with Seth, they've been working together for a while now, so... I was I was expecting just that, and Becky was right there for it. Top top move of the night was, uh, in my opinion, that fro it was a leg drop through the table into the frog splash. You can see Becky do a thing closer. They could have gave it a little more. I want to say gave it a little more distance because of the height that they were jumping from. But good stuff. Baron Corbin hits it in the days on Becky Lynch. Whoa, <laughs> top five moment. Crowd received it well. Um, and uh, I believe this this enraged Seth Rollins. Because, wait, hold on. Did you guys know that they were dating? But, um, yeah, they enraged Seth Rollins. Completely wails on Baron Corbin. And hits, I believe, three stomps. One, two, three. Pin for the win. There's the victory. Still, 
Universal Champion and Royal Women's Champion Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. Wait, stop, because we all know that music hit, and out comes the beast in the bank, prepared to cash in. He cashes in, you know, throws Seth Rollins around for a little while with a couple suplexes. F5, 1, 2, 3 after that groove match. And there was extreme rules. Uh, good stuff. Got a lot of other things going on right now. About to uh, make a couple of moves myself. So um, it was a very good night. Can't wait for Monday Night Raw. And uh, happy belated birthday, Charlie Caruso. Shouts to her. So um, with all of that, shouts to everybody to bring you the podcast each and every week. I'm going to catch you guys tomorrow for SmackDown Live. Peace.